Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Kate Constable here with you. Let's put a bow on our conversation concerning the 49ers and the Seahawks. And let's talk about props here, because Kate, Christian McCaffrey to score an anytime touchdown is minus 350. Minus 350. Is there some point when this is just ridiculous? Like how low is some, or how short is supposed to be something before you go, you know what? There's no way that I can bet on that. Cause minus 350 sure seems like that kind of number. Yeah, that's that number. Definitely that number for me. I thought you were going to say like minus 180 or something, uh, but 350. Yeah, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. at that point, take him to score two touchdowns and, and get a much better number there or throw McCaffrey in a parlay with, you know, the Niners to cover or something like that, or a a team total over knowing that if he gets in the end zone, that's going to help that other leg of it. But just laying 350 with for an anytime touchdown. Now I, I pass on that one. Yeah. Yeah. The same game parlays uh, should be the only reason why you would include something like that, because uh, other than that one affair where they went nuts and some, and they were trying to force CMC the ball and it didn't work out uh, other than that one. Yes, definitely. I think that should be uh, just fine here. Uh, but CMC to score the first touchdown at plus three twenty-five, That might be uh, something a little bit more appealing. Uh, certainly the public loves that one uh, per bet MGM. Uh, a lot of tickets on that one. Uh, but as far as what you're looking at for this 49, Niners offense what stands out to you uh Brock Purdy <laughs> as we just talked mm-hmm. about him in the MVP race uh his overpassing touchdowns one and a half I mean it's slightly juice minus 125 at bet MGM but completing 70 percent of his passes he's got 18 touchdowns on this season and last week against the Bucks three touchdowns 21 for 25 333 yards week 10 versus the Jags three touchdowns uh 296 yards so i just think that there's no way brock purdy is not passing uh for more than one and a half touchdowns even if mccaffrey's still getting in on on the ground Uh, i think the 49ers are going to put up a pretty big number today so i like purdy uh for touchdowns that certainly makes sense to me uh i am going to back a christian mccaffrey angle but i like him to go over 33 and a half receiving yards in large part because i think the seahawks defense is probably going to be playing back a good bit and when you think of those vintage kyle shanahan 49ers offenses uh, notably with jimmy g it's all about the at game right like throw it two yards down the field and then let the receivers do the rest of the work i wonder if we're gonna see that a bit of a throwback, uh, so to speak, from the 49ers. And if that's the case, then you know CMC is going to be targeted a good bit. So that makes sense uh, as far as him you know, getting chunk yardage in terms of yards after the catch. I wonder if George Kittle also gets utilized a good bit as far as that. Because, and again, going back to most bet on props, uh, over 52.5 receiving yards at minus 115, 99% of the bets are on the over here. Now, I would be careful as far as that's concerned because I do feel like when everybody is healthy, Brandon Ayuk is wide receiver one. Debo Samuel will also be targeted a good bit. And so I know there is that love affair with Kittle, but I am curious though, when it comes to everybody else being utilized, if say he might be that odd man out. It's something that was one of my priors coming into the season was, even though I like this 49ers offense, I wasn't sure if George Kittle would be utilized all that much, assuming everyone else is healthy. That is kind of the case in this upcoming contest. So that one I might be concerned by, 
But definitely the yak game is how I want to play this for the most part. And right away, I think Christian McCaffrey makes the most sense. Are there other targets, Kate, you feel like can also have big games if you also believe that this is going to be a 49ers throwback yak game? Yeah, um, I would prefer to take Kittle to score a touchdown versus his receiving yards mm -hmm. over because to your point of maybe utilizing some other players a little bit more now that everyone is healthy, I think Kittle will still get his targets, but maybe not get over this 52 and a half. But it feels like he finds the end zone quite a bit, or at least has lately. Um or longest reception, talking about some some yak here. So I think that those would be the mm -hmm. two ways that I would play Kittle versus his receiving yards over. I mean, going back to McCaffrey, like taking his rushing yards over 75 and a half. He's gone over this in six of 10 games on the season. De Seattle's defense, 75 rushing yards or more in four of their last five games. So it feels like this should be a McCaffrey kind of back him in any way you want. You like receiving, I like rushing. Touchdown is pretty heavily mm -hmm. juiced, but I feel like any way you kind of want to look at McCaffrey in this matchup specifically uh, is probably a safe play. Definitely oh, for a prime time. Quick, like um, McCaffrey to not score a touchdown, plus 175. That would be, if you want to fade McCaffrey at all, that would probably be the way to do it. Oh, I couldn't do that. I, I mean, I know right? like there's probably, yeah, I I couldn't do that. Uh, the no, my, uh, I would prefer to take him at two Paul, than I would at no, I think. Right. Paul, do you have a case there uh, in terms of taking the no? Because we just saw it. That's my case. No. Um, good, good, uh, you have embraced case. recency bias as much as the Thanksgiving party. I'm just. I'm never throwing a minus 350. Like I'm never betting on that by itself. I'm never throwing it in a parlay. Like I'm, I'm just, I would hope for the opposite. I, I'm not saying this is a great bet. I just like, I'm betting this 10 times before I ever bet minus 350 on a yes for a touchdown. And there is, I, it is actually, I was just more interested to see the price because you see some of these outrageous sure. yes numbers on touchdowns. And now there is a book out there that offers a no. So no, I'm not pulling the trigger on that. Unless I just want to be contrarian, but no, I've I've got another question that I want to bring up and relate related to this game. So this number has not come off seven. I think with Geno in, uh, I'm playing the seven. I'm taking the seven with the Seahawks. I'll be on Seahawks Island. But what do you think they the number is for them on the road, Seattle on the road at Dallas next week? Seattle at Dallas, knowing the Cowboys play really well at home and this offense is rolling and there are some key injuries for the Seahawks defense. I'm going to put it around four. Kate? I would have gone four and a half, five. Anywhere four and a half, five and a half. Okay. I thought there would be, I thought it would be around a similar number, to be honest, because they're, they're at home tonight. Against San Francisco. So you you have those guys, San Francisco, power rated, and we've seen it head-to-head. -head. I get that. But you see, you have San Francisco that much higher on the road, power rated than the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I okay. think I would. I, I think there's still – a. do we think the Cowboys just beat up on bad opponents and they can run up the score, but once they face someone their own size, 
do we sort of discount that a little bit more? Not to mention that, you know, you're dealing with the same amount of rest and, you know, is there probably, you know, some sort of takeaway there? You know, I, I look at that and say, can Geno Smith keep up? Perhaps, you know, that, that might be the other thing too, is, you know, what will Geno Smith's health be one week from now? Uh, is it something where that deteriorates? And if you kind of anticipate that, then definitely I would be picking a different number, but I, I do think that, you know, yeah, the Cowboys are a very public team, but they're just not on the same tier, I don't think, in terms of reputation than the 49ers. Okay. What's it at, Paul? Last part. Of the- are, we, what? are we way off? Are we way off? No, it's six. Oh, I never gave the answer. It's six and a half. Cowboys are a six and a half six favorite and a half. at home. Okay. So you guys are both shorter than the market. All right, last part of this exercise. What are the Niners at Philly next week? Ooh. Mm -hmm. on a neutral field i would say the niners would probably be favored by one so i'm gonna say eagles minus one i was gonna say niners plus one and a half so eagles minus one and a half yeah you guys nailed it yeah it's one and a half uh which makes sense to me Mm -hmm. i was just surprised to see the seahawks are basically the same number on the road as they are at home with their starting quarterback against the niners but maybe I'll be the idiot tonight when the Niners win by three touchdowns. So that's fine. And and, and CMC gets uh, an anytime touchdown at minus three. Yes. Yeah. So the, first so touchdown, most likely. And then two plus, and probably right. three plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just like our CD lamb prop that we talk about every single week, uh, Christian McCaffrey, alt numbers, uh, wherever you can get them, however you can get them. Definitely. I think, uh, you know, that's a good play there. Uh, as far as Seattle goes, uh, in terms of that offense, anything stand out to you there, Kate? Not really. No. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, honestly, really not. <laughs> no. Um, it's penalties. That's what that's what kills Seattle. Both sides of the ball. Like they're shooting themselves in the foot. They did it last week. It's kind of been the story throughout the entire season. Like they're putting themselves in in poor situations in third and longs in in things like that that because of a lot of mistakes. So clean those up and maybe this is a closer game than than this line is suggesting. But I just can't back that knowing how terrible that the Seahawks been with um those numbers lately like 12 penalties for 130 yards last week against the rams that's rams had scoring drives of 68 yards 75 yards from benefiting from those uh penalties for seattle so i mean those were obviously at the defensive side of the ball but same things happening on on the offensive side yeah, I'm probably with you. I do have one Seahawks prop that I will save for lightning bets that I think uh, is a good value play here. Uh, but at the same time, like if you don't know what the status is for Geno Smith, then it's really hard to back any one particular receiver there. I know uh, the public loves DK Metcalf over 57 and a half receiving yards. And that is a fairly low number when you consider the talent uh, that is DK Metcalf uh, and going over that number is minus 115. So uh, certainly not expensive to say the least. Uh, but at the same time, though, uh, you know, you really have a hard time backing an injured quarterback, knowing full well that they're kind of forced to do this because of the importance of this game. The Seahawks probably do need to sweep the 49ers if they have any chance of winning the division. And that's going to be a challenge in and of itself. Uh, but also, too, there is a massive drop off between, say, a 60 percent Geno Smith and a 100 percent Drew Locke. 
It, it, yeah. You watch that game from Sunday and you are reminded of this. There's a reason why Locke has always lost out on quarterback battles, no matter where he's been. And no Kenneth Walker Jr. today. So that right. puts even more pressure on Geno to have to be successful in the passing game. I mean, I know Zach Charbonnet has been fine this season, but I would take Kenneth Walker Jr. over him. So, again, just putting even more pressure on an already injured Geno Smith is not something that I really want to back in this game. As we uh, turn the page to looking at Sunday's games, uh, probably the biggest line movement uh, involves the Saints and the Falcons. New Orleans was a one-point favorite on the road, but but now the Falcons at home, they are one-point favorites. Uh, also some, seeing some one-and-a-halves out there. Uh, what would you attribute the line movement to? I mean, what injuries have popped up since I last looked at this? Is there – that would be the <laughs> if only – I mean, what – yeah, what what moves lines? Injuries, weather. This is played in Atlanta, mm -hmm. like in the dome. There's not much. Um, I don't. Right. I don't know the answer to that, Ed. Really. I I wonder how much of that has to do with this big hip hop party that the Falcons will be hosting uh, at, at the same time <laughs> as game day here. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, seen the tweet, but uh, there are a lot I of like old school hip hop <laughs> artists. Yeah, a lot no. of old school hip hop artists uh, who will be coming out in droves uh, for this uh, massive party and the contest and all that good stuff. Uh, so definitely uh, the electricity will be there uh, for a game like this. I have to believe that's that. Uh, but in all seriousness, I think also, too, uh, when it comes to, say, the quarterback issues uh, for New Orleans, uh, maybe there are some additional insights as far as Derek Carr still being in concussion protocol versus Jameis Winston, because this offense is very different uh, depending upon which quarterback you have out there. Uh, Winston will chuck it deep. Maybe that connection with Chris Olave will be a good bit better than it would be with Derek Carr. But with Carr, maybe things are a little bit more reliable and a little bit more efficient. Yeah, Winston, you're you're guaranteed uh, maybe a couple deep shots downfield, and and that maybe mm -hmm. maybe leads into a touchdown or two. But you're also guaranteed an interception or two thrown by Jameis Winston because he does take more risks than Derek Carr. He does like to throw those deep balls, but a lot of times he's not making the right reads on those, and that ends up costing <laughs> the Saints. So I I don't feel like Winston is necessarily someone you can trust. Um, but I I wouldn't say Carr's been all that great this year either. No, he hasn't. He has not met expectations given all the money thrown at him so that the Saints can win a really, really bad division. At the same time, though, the Falcons have lost to backup quarterbacks and quarterbacks who just showed up and they lost to them, too. And so maybe the defense for the Falcons leaves something to be desired where it almost doesn't matter who the quarterback is as long as they understand the playbook and they are competent enough. Uh, then I think that should be just fine there. Uh, as far as other line movements go, uh, the Browns, that's gone from plus two and a half to plus one and a half against the Broncos. You gotta love that teaser leg, right? Oh yeah, I'd say, I think you throw that in any any teaser you want this week. Find a pair for that and, and ride that all day. Absolutely. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Evan Ginning shares his 49ers insights prior to their game against the Seahawks. That's right here on the BetQL Network.